What's up, y'all? You are tuned in to the Listen Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and it's time for you to listen up to what God has called you to do. Let's get it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Listen Up With Jess podcast. I'm so excited that you pressed play on this new episode. It's your girl, your favorite inconsistent podcaster. (laughs) I know, I know, I know you miss me. I miss you. And we are in the month of May. And May, May, May bring more consistency, okay, in my life. Y'all, I just wrapped up my church small group ministry. Um small groups. And so that has uh, um, been taking priority of me leading that ministry. I wrapped up another successful semester in small groups. And I'm just so thankful to see the work of what God is doing within um, my church ministry and um, being able to connect so many um, members, the bodies of Christ together to community within my church. Um, This ministry is a worldwide ministry. Okay, y'all, like I be having international members and everything that I have to help support. And so it is a lot. And um, I just want to thank you guys for being patient with me as I navigate all of my life and responsibilities. Your girl is a full-time employer, okay, homeowner, out here, ministry, (laughs) doing ministry, your girl is tired and ain't got nobody's kid, nobody's husband, and still ain't got time. Like, I just can't. That's why I be like, Lord, take your time, take your time. Because I don't even have, every day I'm like, I just don't have enough hours in the day, y'all. So, I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. Because <laughs> what am I apologizing for? But I'm happy to be back. And I know you guys miss me and I miss you too. So, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I am so excited. I love um, May specifically for mental health awareness, honestly. Um, I think it wasn't probably until like 2018 I really even knew that that was a whole thing, or maybe 2019 it was a thing, mental health awareness, and um, I started my counseling journey in, um, in 2018, uh want to say yes I think it was like fall of 18 or summer probably summer of 18 yeah and so I've been on this thing for a minute and so again I'm excited it's funny because so what I realized I gotta I don't know and maybe those that are actual like I have a lot of licensed therapist friends that I love so much um or social worker friends, all of them that have, you know, done that. So our <laughs> this past um, church service, I do a live segment for my church, right? And so we were talking about how April was National Counseling Awareness um, yeah, month in April. And so I was just, you know, opening up the topic about that. And at the end, I talked about how, like, yes, I'm a mental health advocate. Like, and so then... Why was I getting folks like from church at the end of church coming to me asking, um, okay, yeah, so I'm seeking, um, you know, mental health services. Like, you know, are you, you know, thinking that I was a therapist and I was like, oh, my bad. Like, 
An advocate means like I'm advocating for you to go to the professional. Hence, I am not the professional (laughs) as far as when it comes to like clinical and for mental health services. Now, um, I have been open about me going into um, certified life coaching and I'm on that track and journey and doing the training for that. And so that's another space that I'll be able to provide, um, you know, in a different capacity within ministry. But listen, go to the professionals, okay? <laughs> go to the professionals. So in this episode, I've just gotten this inspiration, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I've been very down. I've been very sad. I have a lot of personal things going on with like my family, um, pray, asking for prayers for my sweet, sweet grandpa, Um my grandpa Johnson, um, my heart is always with him and, um, you know, his health is not getting the best. It is declining. And so you're kind of just preparing for, um, that moment and that grief to happen. And so, um, I'm having, I've had to do a lot of processing, um, while yet still showing up. And, um, it's, it, it's been hard to be honest. And, on top of like my regular responsibilities, I do sometimes feel like myself closing in and feeling just like very overwhelmed. And so, uh, I was in, I hadn't been as really inspired. Like what God, like, you know, usually God gives me, he gives, he, he gives me a lot of words, y'all. He be giving me words and I got a couple of words, you know, in me and my notes and stuff, but I'm like nothing that had really just motivated me to share. And, um, you know, my podcast is really on big on sharing experiences that I'm currently going through or have gone through or still navigating through. And I'm kind of just like expressing that and sharing that and sharing the perspective that God is giving me. And so, um, literally I've gotten this motivation out of my current situation where right now, um, I, like I said, I just wrapped up my small group sessions as a small group leader where I was meeting with, if you're not familiar with small groups, they're safe spaces that, um, your church, or community can create where a group of people will meet on a weekly basis and you guys are either connecting through um, a Bible study or a book or some type of curriculum um, that you're going in and discussing, unpacking, releasing, sharing together as a collective, right? And it's a group of maybe five to 10 people, again, that you're building this um, safe space and sacred space with. So, We've been going hard in my, group, eight, um, in my small group for eight weeks now, and I've really connected with the um, with these group of women, and we all have different stories, journeys, perspectives, situations, and circumstances that we're going through as um, as just like children of God, and but we could be so real and authentic in what we're sharing as we're navigating these life circumstances. And so it was just, God really revealed to me recently, because just last week, your girl was down bad, child. I have been down bad last week, your girl. I just needed a good cry. And in the month of April, if you kept up on my social media, if you follow me on social media, you're 
Your girl, I've been traveling. I have been in, <laughs> going to concerts. I just, I've been trying to balance everything out where like I have my personal life and then I have church and then I have work and uh, I have my responsibilities yet. And you know, you just got to find that, that balance. And I feel like I did. I did some, a lot of traveling. Uh, went to some dope festivals and concerts. Uh, first time in Vegas. Woo, Vegas was fun. Um, but once I had got back from even my trip, my last trip, which was Vegas, which I had a great time, uh, the reality kept, kept sitting in. It was just like, just because you're, you know, you're living your best life. Because everyone can see like, oh, girl, you just living your best life. Da, da, da. And don't get it twisted. I am. I live in my best life with Christ. Like, that. that ain't... I ain't denying that I am, you know, but I still have the things that I struggle with personally. And then I still have like grief that I'm still processing, still healing from. Um, and then like my heart is like literally preparing for the grief of me losing my grandpa. And um, I thank God that I still have him with him, but I know it's not going to be like he's not going to be with us long. Right. And so that has really been like tearing me up. And if you are anything like me, where you have always shown up as the strong friend, as the one who always has to hold it together, the one that your friends call when they're about to break down, they need that word of encouragement. They feel safe to cry to you. Um, I have those friends where I am there. I'm their person when they need to hear just spiritual perspective or they just need to hear they need a prayer or if they just want somebody to listen and just be quiet and be there right um I do believe I'm that to a lot of people and but I also I'm I was reflecting of how I'm so thankful that I even though I'm that to a lot of people I have a lot of people that are are that for me right? That same safe space. And, um, but for a while, even though I had the safe spaces, I didn't lean into the safe spaces. And so that's what I kind of want to talk about is really us opening up our hearts, um, to be more vulnerable. Uh, we hear, um, if you are on social media, you know, um, the guys are hearing it. The girls are saying it. I want the soft life. I need the soft life. And I remember I had one of my guy friends. He would ask me, he was like, what does soft life even mean? Like, you're, you're saying you want soft life, you know? It just means you just want to be taken care of. I mean, correct. No, it's like <laughs> that too. But also when I think about softness, when I think about that, that brings the word like tender. And then with tenderness, it brings like this gentleness of being able to be tender in someone's presence, right? But in order for me to be tender, in order for me to be gentle, I have to tap into a level of vulnerability for you to see that side of me. And I'm talking to the black women and then I'm also going to address the black man. First, for the black woman, we have not been we have not been used we weren't used to 
safe spaces for us to be tender and to be gentle and for us to be soft. The average black woman was taught you are to be strong, independent, and confident at all times, right? Because the average black woman can handle anything and everything because I'm every woman. That's what I think about. <laughs> like you just literally, you were taught that. Like your lineage taught you to be a strong black woman. I mean, where do you ever hear, I need to be a soft black woman? That Now you might hear that now in 2023 because all of our, all the girlies are dipping, we're dipping into our soft bag, but we haven't, it, all, it hasn't been a safe space to be soft. And so when I, my friend was asking about that, I started thinking about like why it's, it's important to have safety in order for you to be soft. And in order to be soft, you have to really lean into vulnerability. But you have to open up your heart and your mind to it. And there, there is so many layers to this, y'all, where when it comes to vulnerability, especially with black women, again, that means we, we were never really born into safe spaces. Let's think about it and when it comes to our childhood, when it comes to our, either our mothers, you know, we're taking, we're looking after our, what our mothers did. Our mothers had this strong black woman, independent working woman, doing it all, never missing a beat, never breaking down in front of their family or friends. And then you also have your father where maybe you're like, you know, me, where you didn't always have the safety you needed to, from a father figure to be emotionally to be emotional, to cry, to be tender. Um, if you grew up hearing the saving, the hearing the saying, um, <laughs> "Stop crying before I give you something to cry about," <laughs> you were not born into safety and learning how to be vulnerable. You just weren't because your tears were not tolerated. You know, um, your tears were not safe. They were looked at as a sign of weakness. And then you were disciplined or reprimanded for that. And so, of course, that is going to start building up walls naturally for some women when it comes to relationships with the opposite sex. Because the representative that I had when it came to tears, oh, I can't cry in front of you. So that means when I, for example, when I started dating, like, Crying was a uh, a sign of weakness. I'm not crying in front of no Negro. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I can't do it. Like, and I literally would like fight myself. And even when I would get so mad and I would feel myself about to cry, like, it almost like it took a part of me and I made, I would feel so bad because I'm like, wow, I showed that I was weak. I showed that I was human. Like I showed, like I was just a wuss. Like, <laughs> and it's so funny because like, honestly, 
just depending on, again, how you were raised, how, you know, you were, how love was shown to you through your parents, through other relationships, the things that you saw when you were younger. You just didn't know, like, that you were building up these, um, these walls of self-protection, right? Because of the trauma that you were experiencing as a child. And so... When I think when I think about vulnerability for the black woman, this space was was never really created for us to be vulnerable uh, for some of us. It just was it was never really safe. And when I think about the black man, it's the same. This is why we struggle. And I'm, I'm, I'm specifically if you're not black, you know, I know I have a lot a large like. I think demographic of listeners, I, and I hear that, but I can only speak from my experience. So that's why I'm talking from the black woman and the black male perspective. And what I think it could be for anyone, just in general, male and female relationships too. But specifically for the black male, um, there, there was definitely no, no safety in having emotions right the only way that you could express your emotions in a safe way was through anger because anger showed that you weren't soft because as a black man you cannot be identified as soft because if you identify as soft then this is just like I don't know if it's politically right. I don't care. This is my podcast. I'm going to say what I say. Then you would be considered, you know, uh, gay. Like you felt like, oh, he's not man enough. We're questioning his manhood. You know, you hear all of these negative, you know, sayings and things like that where now we're questioning a, a man and his manhood and whether he is a man enough because he is showing emotions. And um, the same for the black man based off of how he was raised. It could be where his mother, um, he might have abandonment issues with his mom or dad. You know, where his mom and dad didn't show up at the capacity that he needed to and he had to be a man at a young age. Or his mom overly, you know, was protective because she was a single mom and there was no father. So they have this like, very close relationship that it's almost like too close and they're struggling. He's struggling navigating. How does he, you know, be able to express his feelings? How does he, how is he able to show up as a, as a man, you know, when he had his mom raising him, there are just so many things that, um, can really traumatize a young man to where they become emotionless and they start to shut down because maybe they didn't have that father figure in their life that allowed them to have a healthy safe self safe space to cry or the mother was just so hard he was like no your daddy ain't here you the daddy of the home I don't want to see no crying like you the man of the house like man up you know and there's just so much pressure on that young man to where naturally their response is shut down. I'm shutting down. Like I don't I don't want to even talk to nobody. When I get upset, I get so angry. So instead of me trying to punch you or punch a wall, 
I'm going to just walk away. And I do say always walk away. I mean, because don't be laying hands on folks. But you get what I'm saying? You're not able to really express your emotions in a healthy way or even process them. And God was showing to me recently that Jessica, he, he spoke to me. He was like, Jessica, no matter how hard you might come off, right? Or you think, or people may think that, oh, she has it all together. She's holding it together. Even with the hell that she's going through, she's, you know, still able to navigate and persevere and push through. You cannot do this walk alone. And so in order for me to have healthy community, I have to have a safe space where I can lean into vulnerability. And this, I think this is something that my therapist has told me. I want to say I probably got it from her. Um, She told me when I first started therapy, I really struggled with being vulnerable. My, my, my track record was, you don't see me cry like that, like, and I'm a crier, y'all. Like, one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to sob. I'm going to sob at church. Like, I'm a sucker in for uh, crying in church. Um, then, like, if I really, really love you and I start just getting emotional, like, I have to give a speech or something. Like, I'm just an emotional being. So, I do cry. But then, I'm very selective with my tears. And so... Especially when someone starts crying with me, like I even struggle some, like I used to really struggle. Let me say that I used to, because now I'm so empathetic. I don't know who this new person is. I'm like, God, how did you make me so empathetic when I used to not be? Like, that's crazy. But it's also, I see the more empathetic I'm becoming, the more tender I'm becoming. And the more tender I'm becoming, the more gentle I'm becoming, the more vulnerable I'm coming and that is why that's important because when you can lean into that vulnerability and you can lean into being more tender and gentle you're leaning into your humanness and you're leaning into who you really authentically are right which is an emotional being and there's nothing wrong with being an emotional being. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging you and having enough maturity um, to process your emotions in a healthy way. And one of those avenues are, like I said, is through community and finding some safe spaces. As a woman in their in her 30s now, where <laughs> um, I hear I hear this a lot, you know, where Adulting is hard. It is definitely hard. These bills ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. Like, <laughs> they just keep adding, adding up. Adulting will kick your ass. It will. It will. But the beauty in adulting is when you can do life with a group of individuals that are also on either the same path or have gone down that path or that will stand in the gap with you as you are navigating that path of life, right? And so what I hear a lot is like, I just got, I don't, I can't make friends. Like making friends as an adult is hard. Making friends as an adult is hard. And um, my heart grieves for people that don't have 
community that don't have, you know, either a group of close girlfriends or just one or two people that they can just go to and feel safe to be their full, authentic self, right? Um, and bear their their souls and their and their trauma and they feel safe to release that space. Um, we need community for that purpose, right? Because there's a release that needs to happen to God. And then I do believe there is a release that needs to happen to within to a brother and sister in Christ. And so, you know, it, it does, it grieves my heart when I hear from some people that, oh, it's so hard to make friends as an adult. Or like, they're like, how do you got all these friends? Because <laughs> that's where I moved to Atlanta and I, <laughs> I came with just so many friends. And I'm thankful for it, but I found these friends and I always tell them that, well, no, majority of my friends I found in church. And I'm, that's why I'm always going to advocate church, the body of Christ, not having, you don't have to be in the physical church all the time, but being a part of something that's greater than yourself. So some people have churches, some people have organizations, they could have sororities, fraternities, they can have um, choirs, they can have book clubs, they can have small groups, they can have Coaching therapy session, accountability partners, um, or they can have their best girlfriends from college, or their homeboys from college, or from um, high school, or um, you got your your cousin or somebody in your space that you can trust to be your full, authentic, and complete self, and. My therapist had told me that she said, be mindful, though, even though because I struggle with because I struggle with vulnerability, um, especially with men. She she said, not everybody is deserving of your vulnerability and your story. Some of them have to earn that. And I believe that I think that as you connect with people when you are searching like if you were for example like running to really date and find a connection the connection is going to be so much if you continue just to be surface level and you don't go deeper so you guys are only connecting on very surface level topics but yet haven't really dig deep into like some of those traumas, those insecurities, talking through, you know, what are the, you know, talking through those um, seasons that you didn't think you would ever share with anyone else. But as you became vulnerable, this brought another level of intimacy to your relationship. But when my therapist were, told me, and she was like, Jessica, but be mindful, not everyone is deserving of that. Because there are times where I have, I know me personally, because of my personality, I'm an extrovert, so I don't, 
I don't find it hard connecting with people. Like I can connect with a crackhead outside of <laughs> on on uh, two eighty five, probably like literally. Um, but I still have to be mindful and ask for discernment on God. Is this person supposed to be in my life um, for a fun time, like for right now, or a lifetime? And the more I get to know this person, the more that I see that, oh, we have some similar values with some of my girlfriends, that um, people that I've met when I lived, I remember living in Mississippi and I, like, I joined this random um, young adult ministry, um, the University of Southern Miss, shout out to Southern Miss, Hattiesburg people, yes, I remember just going by faith and was like, okay, I'm going to join it, and um, I connected with uh, when I was a part of another Christian women's group and I connected with her and then she brought me and introduced me to these group of people and they radically changed my life. They radically changed my life, my perspective, everything. Like I literally like met Christ in Mississippi. And I always say that through these young people. And to this day, I still have connections with them. And they were such a big part of my spiritual journey of me just finding relationship with God and to know that uh, at that time in my life, we had we we had a lot of similar belief systems and how we just showed up and treated e- each other and the journeys that we were on. And I was just so in awe to like have, wow, have like-minded Christians. And then yet I can still be real. Like I could still be myself. Like I could still share and didn't have to hide who I was or what I was wanting to, you know, what was I becoming, you know? And it was important that I allowed myself to be vulnerable And um, I didn't even know I was doing that, but to be open. And so my thing is like for those that are struggling finding community or finding that person or you have to have a open heart and you have to be very intentional of God asking God, God, give me an open heart, an open mind and give me wisdom on who do I let in. Uh, when it comes to sharing myself and my full authentic self. And there are ways for you to see, to kind of test, to see, you know, is this is this place safe? Like, how do I feel when I'm around this individual? Like, when I'm sharing my trauma, you know, do I leave here feeling like, oh my gosh, like, this person just judged the hell out of me or they made me feel so uncomfortable where now I'm like, I'm never sharing that again. Like I'm so embarrassed. Like, um, and now you have this like condemnation almost like this shame, this guilt when you get off the phone or when you leave the room, um, versus feeling, wow, I feel, I feel at peace. I feel lighter after sharing that. Not the heaviness has now been lifted. Like God wants us to have those exchanges with community and with him. And that's why it's so important for us to practice with our with um our community 
and get comfortable in being vulnerable. But a lot of us won't be vulnerable with people because we're still struggling with being vulnerable with God. And until you can really get raw and authentic, it, it was crazy. The, um, I think it was like last month I was driving and God gave me a word. He gave me a, a word and the word was raw. And he kept saying, I need you to get raw, Jessica, get raw. And I was like, what is raw, God? Like, okay, raw, I feel like you're giving me raw as an acronym and I don't, what is that? He was like, and then he gave it to me. He said, real and authentic. I need you to get real, authentic worship. I want you to get raw. And I was like, real, authentic worship. That's what you want. Raw. R-A-W. Okay. And I was like, but what do I do with that? Like, when I get raw, he was like, when you get raw, that's when you're prepared to go to war. And I was like, what do you mean, war? That's when you can worship and release everything to me. See, a lot of us are struggling with even getting to the war part with God. And when I when you hear war, it's an acronym. A-W-A-R, war. When I, when I think about that, it's like worship and release is what God is wanting us to do. But we have to be vulnerable in his presence to be able to truly release and say, God, I've given this to you. Like I'm going through this hard time. I'm navigating this hard season. I'm doing life alone as this, as a single woman, as a single mother, as a single father, as a single person. I, I don't have anyone else. It's just me and you, God. Like, and he's like, but it, I need you to get raw and authentic in the presence of me first. So that you can be so powerful to worship and release everything that has been holding you captive. But you need community to help you navigate those spaces. And so my prayer and desire is for those that just are struggling finding safety and leaning into vulnerability to really start looking at some of those root causes, right? Um, uh, in HR, like I remember we used to have to do a root cause countermeasure. And it was just like this Excel spreadsheet that mean literally made us break down all the five whys. Like what's the root cause, right? And for me, I did not, know my root cause until I actually set my behind in somebody's chair. And I let a unbiased person come in. I share my story. I share the trauma. I share everything that I've been with. And she was able to help me process and peel back the layers of where that root cause of the of the lack of vulnerability that was coming from. Why was I building up these walls? Um, and it was all due still to the childhood trauma of how I was raised. I'm not, and this is no 
I mean, we all have our own traumas, right? We all have our own childhood and, and the things that we've gone through. And I I was raised well. Like, I had amazing parents. I did. And I still do. Um, but we deep down, we all got generational curses. We got our the things that we we're dealing with. And it was that at that moment, I had to get real and authentic with myself and with God that, wow, like, I went through a lot still as a child, like, and the maybe a lot of things that I saw was not healthy. A lot of things that I saw were toxic. They were hurtful. They did literally, like, cloud, like, blurred my vision of what even healthy communication and partnership and friendship and what even look like and um those were hard truths that I had to recognize but I didn't allow that to be the end just because now that I identify the truths and I identify the root cause now it's like now the countermeasure how do we Begin the process of healing that. Healing those wounds. Healing the mommy wound. Healing the daddy wound. Healing the insecurity wounds. Like those wounds that we have developed where now they have become walls. Where we just don't want anyone to touch them. Don't touch me, it hurts. Like you getting to know me too well for what? Like, you know, that hurts. When... I haven't had that before and you have and I haven't had consistency. I haven't had safety in in how I should show up and be soft and be warm and you know even sensitive and all of that. And we almost allow our trauma to write our story where God the trauma is not our story. It's a part of our story. But it is not our story. It does not identify us. Um, the things that we have gone through, the things that we experience, the things that we are experiencing still, it doesn't identify who you are. It is just a glimpse of what you've gone through, what you're going through, and what you will eventually get on the other side of. But it's all about perspective. And I believe having that community, those group of individuals that you can be safe with, um, to express, to um, to process, to just be. Like you can just be your authentic self is necessary in the body of Christ. It's so necessary. Um, and I just I just want to shout out to my village. You guys know who you are where like it's only a few, but it's, it's a lot of them that know what I've gone through, what I've experienced and have been able to pray through it with me, just wait with me. Just wail with me, allow me to cuss, scream, cry, all of that. 
and never feeling like I did too much, never feeling like, oh, they're going to judge me. Oh, you know, they're going to share my business. You know, safety is also when you are going through this and you're asking God to give you discernment on who do you be vulnerable with. Um, it's important because there's some real life shit that you're going to go through and you don't want all your business being out there. And I get it. You know, some people are so traumatized from uh, Sally back in sixth grade who told your business saying that you like, oh, dude or whatever. I get it. You know, you know, we were very immature as young people and even as grown people, because grown folks love. That's one thing some love to do. And even church folk love to gossip and all that. And as the older I got, I realized that I used to question like, God, why do my friends feel so comfortable just coming to me and like trauma dumping, right? I mean, just telling me all, telling it all. And I didn't know that I was creating safety. I th- I was just like, this is very weird. Like even people that I'm not even that close to, they're very comfortable with like trauma dumping on me. And I'm like, is it, I said, God, is it just my presence? Like, what is it? And he revealed to me, he was like, he sends me people and I've seen him do this. He is literally sending me people that I can still connect with at some level capacity because about 99% of the shit that person has gone is going through, I probably already gone through it. <laughs> Or going through it or experiencing it because, and I used to question God, like, God, like, why you got me going through all this? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, why me? Why me? Why me? And, you know, I had to, you know, God really had to gather me together. And he was just like, why not you? Jesus went through it. Why? What makes you any different? I'm using your story to help set some other woman free. All of the shit, all of the stuff that you've gone through, all of the trauma that you've experienced, it is not, at the end of the day, you're going to help set someone else free. And so while I was in pain temporarily, God is going, God is going to reverse that and I'm going to have some gain when I know another woman or another brother or somebody else can be freed and feel inspired or have some glimpse of hope because now they see me on the other side or they see me still navigating through it and yet still believing and yet still serving and yet still showing up because that's what, that's how God is using my journey and my story, right? And so it's almost like you have to get out your own way. A lot of us are in our own way because we're allowing the hurt and the pain to really communicate and to take over um, take over our hearts and our minds and we become closed off. We become scared, you know, we're triggered and we just we just don't feel safe at all. But I believe that if you are truly looking for community, if you're looking for just that one person or a couple of women or a couple of men or, um, you know, 
having that safe space or having an accountability partner with that thing that you're struggling with, y'all. Like, I'm telling you, like, I have been accountability partners to some of my closest friends that are dealing with some deep, dark things. And I'm showing up for them. I'm praying for them. I'm interceding for them because they don't have enough strength to do it themselves. And yet they turn around and do it for me. Like that is the cir- that's the beauty in the circle of life that happens within the body of Christ because um when I'm weak, you know, when I can't even in- I can't even say anything. I have where two or three are gathered, the presence of the Lord is here. Therefore, when I share this and I say I need you to pray, I need you to take not take on my burdens, but I need you to pray on those things. Like because I don't have enough strength that I don't have enough strength at this moment to do it for myself. I can give that and help and have somebody else, you know, do it on my behalf. That's what it means to lift your brother and sister up in Christ. And so, you know, I know not everyone is blessed, you know, to have like a big group of, you know, individuals, but really start praying and asking God to reveal who is that that person, that safe space that you can be your full authentic self and lean into vulnerability, lean into being soft in the presence of community in the presence of God and see how it can radically change your life. You'll start to feel physically and mentally lighter. I'm telling you, you will. And no matter how heavy the circumstances, I have prayed through my friends, through infertility, through cancer, through mental health issues, through divorce, (laughs) like through miscarriages, through abortions. These are things that my like I've experienced and my friends have experienced and we have been able to pray through some of the hardest hardest situations in our lives and it was only by the grace of God and through community that got me through and so you know my prayer is really that we we unlearn this met this stigma of feeling like we have to have it all together as a black man as a black woman or as a you know um a brother and sister of christ like that you cannot be vulnerable vulnerability is spiritual it's a spiritual experience when you can be vulnerable you become more spiritual and i want us to lean into and tap into the vulnerability so that we can be more spiritual beings so that we can tap into our humanness our hu- uh, uh, and tap into us being just human and saying, hey, I got these feelings like and my feelings are valid no matter how crazy they feel, no matter how off it is, my feelings are valid. And that's where God can start really doing the transformational work within you and through you. So y'all, that's it. That's all I got for y'all. The the charge for this month, leaning into vulnerability as we're going into mental health awareness. I'm just urging you first with community. If you can't get into a therapist chair, because I'm going to have an episode about it, but I will. But if you cannot get into a therapist chair, at least you know, commit to getting a true accountability partner, a true prayer partner, um, 
within your, you know, group of friends or um, within your community and create a safe space to where you can feel um, safe enough to just be gentle, to be soft and to be vulnerable uh, so that God can soften your heart and do some transformational work on you and in you and through you. Okay. Okay. So that's it for the podcast. Listen, if you know this episode has blessed you and you believe it can bless someone else, y'all know what to do. Share it, okay? Um, Share it via iTunes podcast or through Spotify, Google Playlist, wherever. Share this episode. Make sure that we are, you know, just sharing the message of leaning in to vulnerability with our community so that we can see God do the transformational work within us and through us. All right, y'all. I hope y'all have a great day. Bye.